You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. How do you find good news when good news is hard to find? You know, my uh, daughter will spend time with my parents and uh, my wife's parents. And uh, at either grandparents' house, they often will have like a the news on in the background. I don't know if you have family like that will have news on in the background. It's just kind of this background noise. I remember at one point, uh, you know, in the last year, uh, my daughter was, she'd been at one of their homes and... Um, she came up to me and she just kind of was looking over at the TV that was on in the background. She just looked at me and she said, Hey, dad, is there ever any good news on the news? People make a lot of money. They get a lot of attention. They get, uh, they, they, they grab uh, the economy of our attention through a lot of bad news and hardship and, and things that, you know, that cause panic or, or just grab us and grip us. And good news sometimes is hard to find when you don't know how to focus on it. We're in a series all about how to find good news. Um, people who begin following Jesus at some point realize that we are, we're, we're following a God who brought good news, um, that we're supposed to be good news people, gospel people. That's what the gospel means, good news. And uh, we've been looking at some practices, two key practices that the ancient church Uh, practiced, and I think they give as a gift to us to be able to find good news when good news is hard to find. There's no doubt that we live in a world that just trains our eyes to see what's wrong, what's not good, what the deficit is, what where the bad news is. Jesus said this, your eyes are like a window for your body. When they're good, you have all the light you need. But when your eyes are bad, everything is dark. If the light inside you is dark, you surely are in the dark. Our eyes are the window for our soul. If we only look at the darkness or mistake darkness for light, our whole life becomes dark. Let's train our eyes to see the light, the grace and goodness of God at work in our world. Here's a key verse from last week, and this helps us see the two practices that the early church did in challenging and even dark times. Acts eleven twenty three. 23. Barnabas, when he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced. The two practices are reflection and rejoicing. It's learning to reflect and think and focus and see the grace of God and then rejoice in it, to celebrate it, to be thankful for it and, and have hearts of gratitude. Spiritual reflection is about spiritual perception. It's an ongoing, maybe prayerful way of seeing and hearing what God is up to in our world. And then rejoicing is not only personal joy, it's not only like we want you to have joy, we want you to personally have joy, but it's also a public communal celebration of the grace of God at work in our world. Good news and grace are found in the grit of our world. God is always at work. The question is, can we see it? In the book of Acts, um, the author Luke 
writes kind of the history of the early church, and it's really powerful, and he helps us see some of these practices at work, this reflection and rejoicing. And in it, we see stories over and over where Luke is helping us to see and find where God is at work, where his grace is at work. So we're learning not to just be grace bringers, like we have the good news and we're bringing the grace to all the dark world, but we're actually training our eyes to see uh, and find grace. We're, we're grace finders, not just grace bringers. We're grace sharers. We share the grace that God's given us. Um, but but we're kind of joining God in what he's doing. We're not like the ones generating all the grace. God is. And so let's keep up with his grace. That's what you kind of see in the New Testament. And in Luke's writing in the book of Acts, we see this theology of storytelling that helps us learn to not only appreciate the stories from the ancient church, but to live the story in our own lives, in our own world. And so today we're going to focus on a passage in Acts 16. It's a small passage, but it's going to help us with the reflection and rejoicing on God's grace, like discovering grace so that we can discover gratitude. But in particular, we're going to be looking at um, how we can find grace, not only in our own lives personally or in the church, but out in the world, in our community and in our workplaces where we spend a lot of our time. Sometimes there's like a, I don't know, like this separation that we have in our minds is as maybe Christians or, you know, if you've been a part of a, in religious settings, there can be this separation between the, the secular and the sacred. And when you actually read the New Testament and you read about the early church, there wasn't this big separation. God, like his work and his grace is, is at work everywhere in the world, not just in our sacred spaces and our homes and our churches, but all over the place. So let's start in verse 13. And we're picking up uh, in this story where Paul is with kind of his missionary band, his team. And it says this, On the Sabbath, we went outside to the city gate, to the riverbank, where where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile god worshiper from the city of Thyatira, a dealer in purple cloth. And as she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you've decided that I'm a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. This really cool story happens, and uh, it's unusual. Like Paul, uh, oftentimes, will start with the synagogues. And he's in this story, he's in Philippi. um, And while he's in Philippi, it's this like Roman um, town. Um, He would normally start with the synagogue, but there was... appears to be like there wasn't a synagogue. So they go down to the river, a place where they would uh, likely go pray and maybe meet other, other God-fearers. And they meet this woman. She's a, she's a businesswoman. She owns her own um, purple dye business. And she's open to the good news and like the grace of God's at work. And, and there's this transformation that occurs. And then she invites Paul and his team to her home. And they end up starting a home church in this Roman town. I want to note a few things. Paul and his team keep their eyes open for grace, not just in the church, not just in the synagogue, but like out in the city and by a riverbank. And uh, it's not just in their private lives, but in the city, in the community. We see in this story, the grace of God is at work in the lives of other people um, in ways that they hadn't expected, but they're looking for God's grace. They're open to it and they adjust and join God in what he's doing. Last week, we learned about three common theological facets of grace. Saving grace, 
common grace, and empowering grace. Saving grace is just that. It's God's grace to save. And common grace is this beautiful thing, like it's the gifts that God gives to everybody to share. It doesn't matter if you you know him and love him or you don't. God, God just showers his grace um, with these gifts. So that can be anything from, you know, clean drinking water that we can all share and the system that sets that up. Uh, it's the sun and the rain that we all get to enjoy. It's these, these common grace that we, we all have. Now, empowering grace is God's active power to enable his purpose in people. And uh, each one of us have unique purpose, unique vocation, unique gifts, unique assignments that God has given us. And, and empowering grace is the grace, the power, the ability to do what God has called each of us to do. So let's look at the story through the lens of grace. And let's see if we can identify like some of these, these categories of grace, um, saving grace, common grace, and empowering grace. Verse 13, again, it says, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought there might be a place for prayer. Right here, we see common grace, don't we? They're in a city, and the city has roads, and it has housing, and it has you know uh, laws that keep people safe, and cities are gifts from God. This is common grace, and cities are filled with people. Whether they know God or not, they're image bearers, and they've been given gifts to bless the city, and different people have different callings. You know, in, in any given city, you can have people from different sectors in the business sector. You've got like construction folks. You got people who can do plumbing. People can do electric work. I mean, you you have people that are, you know, running groceries and helping us all have food. And every city, there's grace. And we know there's, there's stuff that's ugly and there's grit in cities and there's things that are broken. But but the city is a gift and the city's filled with image bearers. Whether they know God or not, they were designed to have gifts and they're given by God. Philippi was a leading Roman colony in the region. Its location was on the major east-west road connecting Europe to the Middle East at that time. And uh, having a church begin in this town gave the early church a great place to influence the region uh, and beyond with the gospel of Jesus. The passage goes on and says, we sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. Well, here's an example of empowering grace. Paul and his team are on this missionary journey trying to spread the gospel, trying to plant churches. That's their calling. They've been commissioned to go do this by their, by their church. And this team is empowered and led by the Spirit of God to meet up with Lydia and these women in this unexpected moment to share the message of Jesus. They were empowered to accomplish their purpose. That's empowering grace at work. Now let's keep looking for more grace. Verse 14, one of those women was named Lydia, a Gentile, a God worshiper from the city of Thyatira uh, and a dealer in purple cloth. So here's common grace again. Uh, and this is the common grace of, of uh, business and commerce. Lydia was a merchant of purple cloth. And this, is an, this was an expensive commodity and important business in Philippi. Extracted from uh, a specific shellfish only found in the northeastern area of the Mediterranean coast, purple was the most expensive of dyes and it signified wealth or royalty. Lydia was likely a wealthy business owner and a leader within her community. And God connects Paul and his team with her, and she receives the good news of Jesus. Listen to this. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. God opened her heart. And once she and her household were baptized, 
So her whole household uh, hears the good news and is transformed. She urges them, now that you have decided that I'm a believer in the Lord, now that you see that my heart has changed, would you come and stay in my house? She, she persuaded them to do that. And here's an example of saving grace. Lydia and her household were transformed and baptized in the good news of Jesus. Lydia is one of the first known converts to Christianity in the West, housing the first, likely the first uh, church in Europe in her own home. Her leadership was important in helping Paul and the young church movement in the Roman Empire spread and grow. When we discover grace, we discover gratitude. When you're reading this story, you start to see, wow, God's at work. And you know, one of the most amazing things about reading through the book of Acts is that the same spirit, the same movement, the same grace that was at work, the power of God that was at work in the early ancient church is at work today in our world. Do you see God's grace in your life, in your world? So today, I want to challenge you to take some time to reflect and then rejoice in grace that you're seeing in two areas, your work world and then your community. So where are you seeing grace in your work? What gifts are you seeing activated? What transformations happening? Uh, where are you seeing saving grace, common grace, and empowering grace? And then where do you see good news grace in your community? What gifts are being activated in your community? Where do you see transformation and maybe the Spirit of God moving? Where do you see uh, saving grace, common grace, and empowering grace happening? And as you're reflecting on the grace that you may, may see, maybe you're having hitting some barriers and you're like, where, do, where is this grace in my life and in the world and in, in my work even? And these might be some helpful questions to think through as you reflect. What are the biggest barriers in your life to seeing God's grace and goodness in your work world or your community? And how can you learn and how can maybe your faith community learn to have eyes to see good news grace in those places? I want to pray for you a prayer of, of God opening your eyes to the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you just let me pray for you? Holy Spirit, would you help open our eyes to see your grace in our world, to see your power in our world, your empowering grace, your common grace, your saving grace. And Lord, as our eyes are open to what you're doing, May we want to join you. May we be glad and rejoice. I pray for my friends who are watching this today that they would enter into the practice of reflection and rejoicing in the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message, or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.